Looking for a good, clean, fun, romantic comedy? I'll show you how on this edition of The Right Stuff. My guest co-host and contributor today, Becca Kinzer. I am so excited to showcase you to her because she is an author I love to highlight on the show. She is a debut author. That's right. She took that leap of faith. She took those years of wanting to write and having a story in her head, and she did it. And guess what? We now have the opportunity to read the baby of all those years or a few months or whatever it is. We'll find out in a few minutes. But I'm so excited to have her on the show today. Can't wait to introduce you to her in just a few moments. As always, we want to thank you for your support. We have been showcasing Christian authors worldwide for the past nine years. And as God gives us grace, we'll continue to do so. To find out how you can help out, simply go to patreon.com slash write stuff and see what you can do. And as always, we covet your prayers. To stay up to date with PJC Media, simply go to pjcmedia.net, click on that pink follow button, and you'll never, ever have to miss a show. And so, without further ado, I'm going to bring Becca on board. Becca, how you doing? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on here. I'm very excited. And I am so glad that you took time out of your schedule to be with us today. I never take it lightly. So thank you so much. And particularly, like I said, you are a debut author. So I got to know all the backstory behind that, how you got from wanting to be a writer to now you are a published author. Can't wait to talk about that. But I definitely have to let our listeners know, if you want your copy of her new first book, Dear Henry, Love Edith, it's available online wherever books are sold. We definitely want to give a shout out to Tyndale House Publishers for the connection. Now, I told you at the beginning of the broadcast that this was a romantic comedy. And you may be thinking, can you have a romantic comedy with Christian elements? Is it possible? Do they exist? Letting you know right now, they do exist. And Becca is the herald of them. <laughs> so <laughs> I can't wait to dig into this story a little bit later on in the broadcast. But Becca, we first have to peel back the veil of you. So go ahead and tell us a little bit about yourself. Oh boy, where to start? Well, I guess the biggest thing is I'm a nurse. That's my day job. I've been a nurse for about 18 years now, but that love of writing has always been there. And when I was younger, I actually was thinking, mm, maybe going into like a journalism career, but I kind of had this, uh, I I just, in my mind, it was like, well, you'd have to write for a newspaper or a magazine, you know, or something. And I thought, I don't, I don't like that. I want to make up stories. And I had made this decision that I love writing. And I think if I had to do it as a job, 
I stopped loving it. It was always my creative outlet. And I also had that desire to be a nurse. So I ended up going the nursing route. And that desire to write, passion to write was always there. I mean, it, but it was mostly like keeping journals. And but it was the type where I would like write a journal entry, and then hand it to somebody and be like, read this because I wanted to know if they liked it. Or So these were not like secret journals. I was always sharing my writing. And later on, my husband was the one after I got married and we had kids. He was the one that was like, you know, as much as you love to read, because that was, I was reading all the time. It's like, you should really write a book. And then, you know, you're always like, yeah, yeah, I should, but you just don't sit down and do it. Well, then it was finally around 20, it was in 2016. And I know because that's the year the Cubs won the World Series. Nice. <laughs> I, yeah, I could always associate it with that. <laughs> yeah. I got this phone call from my doctor and it long story short, everything was completely fine. But there was that moment, you know, when you get a phone call and they're like, um, we need you to call us back. Oh, and my. I just had an appointment. I know. And it was like that life flashing before your eyes moment where the first thing that came to my mind was, oh, you never wrote that book. Like, what if this wow. is a bad news call? And yeah. so I real, of course, then I called and it was like, we need to reschedule next year's appointment. I'm like, that's what you're calling me about. You know <laughs> <Right>? what? <laughs> I just, yeah, I was already filling out my will, last will and testament and like telling my husband, remember to bathe the children after I'm gone. And, but I, but yeah, it really made a impact on me that the first thing this time that you panicked about was you never wrote a book. And I knew that was going to be a regret. So that year was when I really thought, okay, I'm going to write. And of course, then you sit down to write and you're like, what do I write? Because <laughs> I didn't know. It takes a while to find, I'm sure you know your voice, like your writing voice and your style. And so initially I was my very first story. I mean, it is a wild disaster of a story. Of course, I love it, but yeah, it's, it's one of those that stays tucked away. Right. <laughs> so it took, but I learned a lot going through that experience. And, and the main thing was I realized, oh, I do love this. I love creating stories and characters. And so once I finished that one and you know, came to peace that this is not a masterpiece that will get published anytime. I moved on to the next one and it took a few stories, but the second one I wrote was what became Dear Henry, Love Edith. And after I, my first story, which had like a weird Western sheriff, I was watching Longmire at the time. And so like nice. halfway through the story, a sheriff showed up. I'm like, why not? And I mean, it just went all over the place. Then there ended up being like a psycho killer. I mean, it got bizarre, but there's still like rom-com beats. Anyway, uh-huh. it's a brilliant piece of work that even I don't understand. Right. It's so brilliant. Yeah. It's abstract. But, yeah. It's really, yeah. People will contemplate it for years. But I, I kind of like afterward thought, wow, that was, that was a lot. Let's, let's just write something light, you know, and fun. And I wrote Dear Henry Lavita. And then was like, okay, got that out of my system. Now back to, I thought I want to be a romantic suspense. So kind of kept going down that route. But this book, the story, I didn't know what I was going to do with it because it wasn't quite like my other ones, but I always liked it. I was like, that's cute. Like I got to do something with it. And then I eventually entered it into a contest and it was the one the judges loved and caught the eye of an editor and eventually won the contest. And then that's how I got my agent. And then Tyndale picked it up and here we are. I love how you really focused on that phone call and realizing that your passion had not yet been realized. And I think that's important for our listeners to get on the show. I talk about it all the time. I say, God has given you the gift to write 
what are you doing with it? It doesn't matter if you're a poet, graphic novelist, comic book artist. We've had them all on the show. But what are you doing with it? And you don't want to sit there and regret, I didn't get a chance to do it. Now, mind you, it's glad that you're fine. It's absolutely wonderful that you're fine. But that was a kick you probably needed to say, okay, I want to do this. And then to discover this is something you knew you always wanted to do. And so I loved Dear Henry, Love Edith. I love it because it's a rom-com. And rom-coms are a difficult market, if you think about it, because you have to balance the romantic tension with the comedic beats, but you don't want to make it slapstick because then it's not really funny. (laughs) You know, it's not a cartoon. You know, these are people with real emotions and experiencing those real emotions, but they're interjected with the hilarity of life, which lets me know that God does have a sense of humor. And it's something we don't talk about all the time. So that's why I really enjoyed my copy of Dear Henry, Love Edith. And I know you will. Make sure you go ahead and pick up a copy today wherever books are sold. Now, you mentioned about your abstract art that is so brilliant, you can't even release it to the world. You mentioned that. But when you were coming up with the genesis of Dear Henry, Love Edith, what were some of those things happening that said, you know what, I think this would be a good story? Well, Years ago, I had an experience that I kind of tucked away in the back of my mind, and that ended up inspiring Dear Henry Levitas. It When I was living in an apartment before I was married, I had kind of that experience of I hadn't met a person, but I got this impression of them. Now, we didn't leave notes for each other, but we were my apartment building was kind of small. There's just four living spaces in there. And at one time, I knew everybody, but people started moving out. And it just a new, I knew a new guy had moved in beneath my apartment, but like months went by and we just, we never saw each other. We never bumped into each other. I was parked in the front, he parked in the back. And even though like we would have to come down and get our mail, do our laundry, like there's opportunities where we should have at least once passed by each other. We never did. Oh my. And yeah, but I like I could hear things coming from his apartment, music and conversations. But I just I started getting in my mind this picture of him of like, OK, well, eventually one day he came up and knocked on my door, rang the doorbell. And I went and I was just like, oh, who are you? Because he didn't look at all. I mean, he was like, you're supposed you're to look him. like I think you do. Yeah. <laughs> and you're not him. Like, who are you? how'd you get in this building? Uh, but he was telling me like, hey, I'm moving out. You know, the moving truck might block the parking for a little bit, just giving you a heads up. But as he was leaving, he turned around and was like, how come all this time I thought you were this little old lady? (laughs) I don't know. What gave you that impression? Right. But then thinking back, I was like, well, I mean, like I said, I was single. I had a cat. I was like, maybe, you know, those little things like the old lady with the cat. And I would listen to a lot of old music like Billie Holiday Mm -hmm. and some of those big bands. I was like, maybe like the things he overheard coming from my apartment, I was quiet in his his mind. It was just like, oh, some old lady who lives above me. And so it just, yeah, it cracked me up how quickly, like, we just make assumptions. We take a little bit of information and we just, and take it as truth. And so that, I put that into the Dear Henry Levitas. I just thought, well, what, you know, what kind of story or how funny would it be if two people both thought the other person was elderly and then just kind of kept going of like, well, what if they're sharing a house? And what if they start leaving notes? But the whole time, you know, she thinks she's with... I don't know. I yeah, can't think a, of uh, Mr. Grumpy Old Man. And, Grumpy yeah, Old Man. And, and I love that because... She's with Betty White. And it's like, no. 
And it, it's funny because when you, I first read the first chapter, I said, oh, this is an old guy. Okay. So he's talking <laughs> old. He has a cane and mm-hmm. everything else. And then his niece is like, stop being so whatever. He's like yeah. cranky, you know, he's <laughs> yeah. a cranky old man. And then you find out, oh, he's like a little bit younger than me. <laughs> so it's like, oh, okay. Right. And yeah. it, you know, it's funny you mentioned about the real life episode that led to this because when I was younger and I worked in corporate America, there was a guy who I talked to on the phone and his voice was old and raspy. He talked as if he had been here four times already. And (laughs) I was like, oh, he must be a pretty old guy. And the young lady who worked with him in person, she said, oh my gosh, he's 30. What are you talking about? (laughs) But he would do that almost deliberately because he knew his voice sounded a certain way. So he would say, yeah, I'm an old guy, stuff like that. And I'm thinking, oh, so when she told me he was in his 30s, I said, so he just has this really distinctive voice and he uses it to his advantage. Maybe when he calls people, he can get certain things done because mm-hmm. they think he's old or maybe he can avoid something. So, yeah, I thought that's that's pretty interesting. I love how you incorporate that into this book, because I always tell people every author has some of themselves in a book. Every single story has been of themselves in there. And so we have this story of Dear Henry, Love Edith. And what I like about this book, guys, when you pick up your copy of this, you really want to pick up the paperback copy. I'm not saying the Kindle version isn't going to give you the reading pleasure that you like. But when you pick it up in paperback, the formatting of this book is really going to um, add another depth of intimacy to the book. And I'll tell you why. They are writing letters to each other and letter writing is not necessarily a lost art, but many people don't do that anymore. So as you're reading their letters, there's a certain intimacy that comes with that as the reader. So when you were thinking about this part of the story, I'm sure you didn't submit that to the publisher, say, hey, just put this in letter writing. Was that their decision? Was it your decision? I mean, how did that come about? In my drafts that I sent them, I mean, it was clear, like, this is a letter, but I pretty much left the whole font and how they were going to do that, because I don't know. Like, you do it. And they far exceeded my expectations with it. How they did it was just so great. I mean, the only thing they came back to me about was, I think, when he talks or when Edith is talking to Kat, and this one is not through letters, it's through texts or emails, of just, like, um, making sure they change that a little bit. But I agree. I I mean, people love their Kindles, read it on your Kindle, but I feel like this book, there is a whole nother layer when you have the actual copy, just because of that formatting and the different fonts between Edith and Henry and just adds a little extra layer to the story. And the way they even write depicts their personalities. And Edith writes very clear, concise. Her handwriting is elegant. When Henry writes, he's just writing to hurry to get it done with. (laughs) So he has a big, bold, stunted handwriting, whereas Edith has this nice handwriting. And I thought that is so great. It just actually adds that more depth of character to the story. That's why when you pick up your copy of Dear Henry, Love Edith, you are going to enjoy it. Now, what I love the most is the humor that's interwoven throughout this whole story. 
Now, in your opinion, when you think of a rom-com, you think of something rather sexy because most rom-coms are sexy. But here you have this clean, safe, well, I don't want to call it safe, but just a clean version of a rom-com. You know what I'm saying? So when you hear that, Becca, what would you tell people? Like, okay, you can read this. What age bracket would you advise maybe a teenager could read it? You know what I'm saying? So tell us a little bit about that. My inspiration, when I think of rom-com, I go back to one of my favorite movies is While You Were Sleeping. Yes, I love that movie. Yeah, I love that and movie. So that was kind of like whenever I thought of like the feel I want of the story, I would just go back to that because it has kind of that misunderstandings and, you know, thing, the quirky family members. But I, I think it's just enjoyable. And I remember watching that when I was younger with my whole family because it was the type of movie you could watch and not get embarrassed. like mom sitting there or someone I mean it was just clean and funny and enjoyable so and I hope that yeah that's this book teen you can read it at any age level because it's clean it's funny there's romance I will say I am coming across some of my coworkers. I forget that I'm getting older like in my mind <laughs> I'm still like 23 like exactly. I don't know right it's just like my mind hasn't changed like I'm still the same person my body's getting older but I am, my coworkers who are actually in their early 20s are pointing out, like, who are some of these people you're talking yeah, about? Yeah, and like, that makes you feel really bad. It I really know. does. Like, <laughs> well, you know who Paul, like, everybody knows who Paul Newman is. They don't know who Paul Newman is. But it's still, one of them said, well, I had to Google it because I wanted to know what he looked like. I'm just like, oh. So I, some of those references, younger, teenagers, 20s may not get, but I don't think it takes away from the story. It's like, well, it's, I don't always get some of the references I read that are modern. I'm like, who are you talking about? I haven't seen that movie. But I feel like, well, I'm broadening your horizons. You yeah. need to know who these people are, okay? <laughs> I remember sharing this on my Facebook recently, Becca, that I saw a costume that says 90s heartthrob, and it was a Halloween costume. And I said, there's no way possible. It could be a Halloween costume. That was just a couple <laughs> right. of years ago. Right. It can't yeah. be a Halloween costume. And they had the uh, blossom vest. They had the big hair, swept back combat boots. And then what made it worse is that they had a blockbuster VHS cassette tape. Oh. <laughs> and I I felt so old. I was like, I this is not a costume. My youth. <laughs> That was just a moment ago is not a costume. So I shared on my Facebook and a few people laughed about it. And someone said, well, think about what we did. We were dressing in the 60s and the 70s. Yeah, no, I mean, it's heartbreaking. Yes. One of my uh, other coworkers, I mentioned Meg Ryan and she's like, had no clue. I'm like, you don't know who Meg Ryan is. Like, you've never seen or heard of You've Got Mail. Well, she came back to work and was like, I tried to watch it, but... They had dial-up. Like, what <laughs> century is this from? And I was like, oh, my goodness. <laughs> now you had to get some ibuprofen for your back. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love it, though, because it lets us know that what was new will be old, and eventually they'll have their own experiences. Now, you do have a lovely cast of characters. And so far, the one that has major creep factors coming up is her <laughs> brother-in-law. And I'm, um, you find out at the beginning she's a widow, so it's nothing, it's not a shock or anything, but it's her brother-in-law. 
And she's actually leaving to get away from her brother-in-law, but it's more than that. And this is where the rom-com genre, I think, really excels at. Yeah, there's humor, but underneath there are real emotions involved. Why do you think it's important to add that element to a story like this? Well, I think like we mentioned, just keeping it grounded, keeping it a little bit realistic. And I think I find as a nurse, there is both. There's humor and there's seriousness. Like there's situations that bring you to tears, but yet it's that's not what it all is. Like you dra- you gather a group of nurses, they're all going to have some hilarious stories to tell you that happened with their patients. So I think there's a balance of also like coping with some of that heavy, serious issues, but with humor, like not letting yourself get bitter. You use humor. So, but I do, life isn't just like, ha, 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 we're all laughing, you know, through every situation. Oh, it's fine. You have to acknowledge that there's also serious situations. I mean, she's a widow. So that right there, like she's not just brushing that off and, you know, moving on so easily. But I wanted to bring up in the, or bring through in the story that she's not, she still has a sense of humor and hasn't let her past drag her down and just weigh her down with bitterness either. So hopefully the book has the balance of both. I believe it does. And just for those of you wondering, well, what is the book about? Go ahead and tell them. So as we mentioned, Edith, she is a widow. And before the story starts, so this isn't many spoilers, she just had a tough marriage. She married very young and it wasn't, I mean, marriage is hard. Even a good marriage is hard. So it wasn't what she thought it was going to be. And now that she's a widow, some of those dreams she had early on that she thought she would still be able to accomplish, like traveling the world and going through all these adventures, this, she feels like this is her chance to do those things that she didn't do early on. But so her dream, her goal is to get to South Africa where she's going to volunteer with an organization there, but she's been delayed. So to get away from the Steve, she takes this little short job opportunity in Illinois and is just going to hang out there, kind of kill time for the summer until she can get to her real destination. But then nothing goes as she planned. She thinks she's staying in the home of this elderly gentleman named Henry and feels safe. That's why she kind of quickly shares a lot of things about her life because it's like, oh, he's this old guy. And, you know, there's things you share, I think, through a letter that you don't in person, there's a little safety net there. So Uh she really shares a lot of herself, gets to know him, but then finds out later, this is not who she thought it was because she keeps bumping into this real handsome guy around town. And the same for him. He thinks he's talking to this elderly lady and finds out, oh no, it's the beautiful woman around town, but she's not planning to stick around. So it's just, that's the story develops from there. And it's a lovely story. So make sure you go ahead and pick up your copy of Dear Henry, Love Edith by Becca, available online or wherever books are sold. Now, Becca, in the few moments we have left, I would love for you to read just a quick excerpt of this story. And I would like you to read just the first couple of pages of chapter one. All right. Here we go. Chapter one. Henry grimaced, not sure which irritated him more. The persistent ache in his knee or the relentless voice in his ear. Please, Uncle Henry, she has nowhere else to stay. The voice, definitely the voice. Last time I checked, there were these things called hotels. Henry adjusted the phone against his ear as he raised the dishwasher door with his cane and shoved it shut. 
Uh huh. Cat's droll voice responded. And when was the last time you checked? 1945? If you're referring to the fire that destroyed the Westshire Hotel, I think you mean 1937. Henry punched the quick wash button. Uh, his niece's frustration competed in volume with the sound of spraying water. I didn't call for a history lesson. Well, maybe next time you should. And maybe you should also read the newspaper every once in a while because it mentioned the town fire in the This Day in History section just yesterday. And what a riveting read that was, I'm sure. Point is, our town doesn't have a hotel. Let the woman stay with you. Henry shifted his weight, the floorboards beneath him creaking as much as his joints. Why can't she commute? From where? I don't know. Peoria. She's flying into Moline. Okay, then. Moline. Henry grabbed the frying pan, coated in egg residue, and plopped it into the sink. He'd get to it later. Along with the pile of dirty casserole dishes, he needed to return to his office manager, Peg. The scent of garlic marinara still lingered in the air from last night. Not Peg's best dish, but Henry knew what they said about beggars and choosers. Perhaps his niece needed the reminder. Look, if this lady doesn't want to commute, there's always the bed and breakfast downtown, built sometime after the fire. You ask me, she's got plenty of places to stay. Not for free. What is she, a charity case? And that is an excerpt from Dear Henry Love Edith from Becca, available online or wherever books are sold. And you can finally see that Henry sounds like a cranky old man, but he's just a cranky young man. <laughs> so he's dealing with a lot of things going on. Make sure you pick up your copy of this book today. Now, Becca, I have enjoyed having you on the show today. Thank you so much for being with me. In the few moments that we have left, we always want to encourage our aspiring authors whom God has given the gift to write to pick up the pen and do so. Absolutely. And I think there's so much to be said about God's timing. So be patient, stick it out, and trust in his timing always. Becca, thank you so much for being with me on the show today. Really enjoyed having you. Can't wait to have you back and have you back real soon. Thank you. I loved being here. And we were talking today to Becca Kinzer. She is the author of the book, Dear Henry Love Edith. It is her debut novel, a lovely romantic comedy. Make sure you go ahead and pick up your copy today. I highly recommend getting the paperback book or the paperback version of this because you're going to have a more tactile immersion with this story. So go ahead, pick up the paperback of Dear Henry, Love Edith. But we'll take your ebooks too. We don't want you not to take them because you prefer ebooks. But go ahead, get your copy today wherever books are sold. I got to tell you, when I was reading this book, I was thinking about could there be a Christian romantic comedy that would be funny that people would enjoy? And guess what? Becca did that. She fulfilled a need that I had. But what about the story that's inside of you? What are you doing with it? Are you letting it rust? Are you letting it die away as time goes by? Becca said something. She said, don't negate God's timing. What if that time is now and you're not doing what you're supposed to do with that story? Why don't you go ahead, pick up the pen and write stuff? Thank you so much for joining me for this edition of The Right Stuff. I'm the Queen, Parker J, and you have a wonderful, absolutely glorious, blessed day.